0: Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is director, writer, producer Connor Allen. And we're going to be talking about his brand new film entitled In the Fire. So welcome to the show, Connor.
1: Hi, Jan. Thank you so much for having me and for your interest in the movie. Uh,
0: Yeah, you know, a a very interesting film. I always like to let the audience know what we're talking about. Uh, Can you give the audience a brief synopsis of what In the Fire is all about?
1: uh, Yeah, so In the Fire is a a period film set at the turn of the 19th century. It is about a um, female psychologist who travels to a remote valley in South America to treat a disturbed young boy who the villagers and even his own father have begun to blame for everything that goes wrong in this little place. And um, they think that, you know, perhaps he's possessed by the devil. And if they do an exorcism, you know, that could help things. And she, the doctor comes, you know, with a very different viewpoint to treat the boy instead of demonize him. But uh, it creates a lot of friction between, you know, her science and the, uh, the faith of this
0: community and then lots and
1: spiral spiral out of control
0: very quickly <laughs> yes, it does It does. just her mere presence there it stars amber heard we should let everyone know uh that uh, amber is also a producer on this film is that correct yeah so as i was watching this i was wondering where it had been filmed and at the end i still was like okay i saw the name of a it, town
1: I'm glad you couldn't figure it out. We, uh, <laughs> no, we you know, could we We're going for um, we we're going for a very like mag- you know magical realism in the spirit of uh, South America's you know greatest novelist Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and we wanted to create a, a a time and a place that feels real, you know, that feels historically authentic and accurate, but without uh, spoon feeding the audience you know a, a, any exact data we don't we don't say this movie is happening in you know Columbia, 1893 right. january the third you know we're, we're building a bit more of a surreal uh environment you know the film is a little ambiguous in terms of is something supernatural going on mm-hmm. or is there a scientific explanation that ex- that you know will uh tell us what's going on and we're, you know we're not quite sure brought that we, the, the doctor uh, as the audience is making that diagnosis as we watch the watch the film and so we wanted to you know have some surrealism there uh, so the audience can draw their own conclusions
0: which you do which you do definitely do <coughs> even at the end uh you're left yeah. wondering which is yeah. great
1: well, a little did- open, i like a little open-endedness where the audience can uh, you know disagree with one another or imagine you know what comes next
0: yeah i agree my um i watched it with my partner and you know we had a nice discussion afterwards about um, about it you know so it does i i don't like well I- some movies, it's nice to have it all buttoned up, and you know what the conclusion is, and we like those. But I also like the you ones. You want a
1: cliffhanger? I I get, right. I, I bums me out to have a, a cliffhanger ending, and that's not this. This movie's not a cliffhanger. You know, it closes. Right. But but the characters will go on to do something interesting that we can kind of surmise.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the young actor who plays. Um, sure yeah let's Uh, talk about
1: him yeah so you know the uh, anytime you get an indie movie off the ground you know you still feel so so blessed as a filmmaker you know even a low-budget movie costs millions of dollars and uh once this movie got green light green lit i was so happy so excited amber heard was already attached we were going to shoot this movie but we didn't have lorenzo the the young boy who plays martine in the movie and i I thought to myself if we don't get a really really remarkable young man to play this role i'll have wasted years of years of my my life and this so this whole thing will fall apart and um we auditioned lots of kids but uh lorenzo mcgovern zaini american italian lives in rome speaks three languages you know he's kind of halfway to being a, a savant himself right. brilliant young kid who's very experienced in acting for an 11 year old he just blew everybody away and then did a chemistry read with amber and the two of them just immediately had chemistry and um and he nails it
0: Mm-hmm. he yeah. does He does. He looked familiar to me like I've seen him in many other things.
1: I have he's 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 been in some he's been in some Italian film and television, uh, and then he's been in a few like Christmas movies that were shot, you know, American Christmas movies that were shot in Italy. Um, he's a really handsome, beautiful, charming young boy in this movie. It was heartbreaking to have to tell his mom, "Your son got the part." I think he's great. We need to chop off his beautiful hair. He can't. He's not allowed to smile. He's going to wear these, you know, horrific uh, contact lenses to you know make him difficult, you know, uh, to make it disturbing. Just just to look at this boy. Um, but in real life, he, he's you know handsome little man. Yeah,
0: yeah, he he is. He did. How old is he?
1: He, he was eleven when we shot the movie.
0: Wow, wow. Well, he he, he does a you know he's phenomenal and and you're right. That's the pivotal character. If you don't, yeah, it would all fall
1: yeah. apart without him. And yeah. he really, really delivered the goods. And he's so smart. You know, he he read the script and just he just understood it. And he did he did research for this. He brought ideas. You know, I wish I could. As a director, you have the opportunity to take credit for everybody's work and and all the failings as well. And uh, you know, Mark, uh, Mark Dahl, Martin, Lorenzo,
0: mm-hmm. Lorenzo,
1: um, he came with with great ideas and concepts and little subtle things that he added to the character um, that just make it very disturbing and also just very realistic.
0: Yes, it, 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 he is totally so. so- there's so many. I mean, when you're watching this movie, it's hard not to make some comparisons to what's going on now in the world. Um, it's a, that's,
1: the, that's the point. Uh, I, you know, if you're going to go make a period movie, the question of why now should be the central focus, right? And that was definitely the that was the originating, you know, purpose of the movie is to talk about our world today, not just the 1890s in South America.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, the, let's talk a bit about some of those comparisons of, of, you know, disbelief, The you know, the church, you know, people, um, you know, the fear, you know, the fear that people have that's running them, running this village, obviously. Uh, let's discuss that a little bit in more detail.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, You know, I I think nowadays it it doesn't have to be certainly, you know, science versus religion is a theme of the movie, but it's it's really sort of science versus belief or science versus faith. And that Mm -hmm. faith belief doesn't have to be uh, necessarily about religion. You know, it can be so much broader than that. Um, And, you know, in that time, religion was sort of the ruling factor of any community. Um, But, you know, people nowadays were very tribal we tend to speak in absolutes. Um, and we're, we're, we're often driven by fear and drives us to do some, some really bad stuff. And, you know, people will substitute, um, beliefs for facts. And that's really, you know, the, the driving force of the conflict in this movie is, uh, two different sides, you know, that, that are operating on a different set of beliefs and facts, you know, put pitting the doctor versus,
0: talking about religion I mean the f- film is led by this priest and yet he and I get it, it it's the fear obviously that's that's running him and again this this village but they're not coming from um, what one would consider a more Christian like way of being which is about forgiveness and love and you know caring for your fellow people rather than trying to help them so that really hasn't but changed
1: but he doesn't see himself you know, he doesn't see himself as uh you know he's, he's an antagonist in the movie in, in our eyes but um you know he sees himself as a hero his community is plagued with you know all these different woes his you know his, his flock his, his his people are Dying of sickness and uh, starvation, and the crops are failing, and and for various reasons, it, the blame of that seems to fall on the, footst- the footsteps of this boy. So I don't know, maybe an exorcism would help. <laughs> uh, you know, he thinks you know he thinks he's a hero. Everybody's a hero in their own eyes. Um, so we we definitely tried to like live in the gray area in this movie. You know, our world now is very black and white. You're with me, or you're against me. Um, you know, either science can explain everything, or science can explain nothing. Right. There's no middle ground, right? Unfortunately, and uh, this movie's trying to live in that great, great area where, sure, we're going to co- quickly come to the conclusion that this, you know, that the priest and the religion has cast blame where it shouldn't be, but also, you know, our doctor is going to uh, observe some things, and we, the audience, are going to see some things that. Defy practical scientific explanation. They're gonna make us question what we just saw and whether we can explain it without supernatural means or not, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: I'm always curious because you wrote this film also. Um what what was the seed that you know sparked Writing this, I'm. It's always fascinating. Like you know, what what made you think of this as a well, film?
1: Well, it's. In, I guess a couple of things. I mean, it's important to me to always try to be um, creating a new space with stories, uh, even if it's inspired by or drawing upon you know other great films and stories, books. Um, in you know, in this case, uh, in terms of other films, you know, other great movies about. Demonic possession, the exorcist, mm-hmm. the omen, but those uh, those are quite simple in their construction. For sure, the devil is in the kid. Right. Gotta stop the devil. That's the mission. And um, so, with this, uh, I wanted to, you know, was inspired by some real historical events where people were misdiagnosed, um, you know, misdiagnosed uh, what they called hysteria at the mm-hmm. time, or, you know, what we would call now like mental illness of some kind as demonic possession witchcraft and led to people being you know, burned at the stake hung pushed off a cliff and these horrible things that in our modern eyes seem so so tragic um but at the time you know people believed in it enough to light somebody on fire
0: right. and
1: i thought that would be kind of an interesting place for a movie um in my own family we we had a. um a, a very traumatic case of someone getting a uh, mental health crisis and the way in which we deal with that even today is still really shadowy. Um, you know, if you get cancer, I don't think you're, you're, you're too um, scared to tell friends and family, Hey, I've got cancer. I'm going to, I'm going to be going through a very difficult time in the next right. six months. I, I hope you're with me. And of course everyone would be, but, right. um, and you get all that sort of group moral, financial support, whatever. Uh, if you're going through a major mental health crisis, that's the, none of that's there. Great. And in fact, the response is probably, "Why don't you just go back to? Why don't you just go back to being normal? You know, wh- why are you acting like this?" And um, things have gotten better, but like we're still all dealing with that. And I don't know. This movie sort of takes that in an exponential mm. kind of
0: direction. Interesting, interesting. I've always said that, too. If somebody has a, you know, bi- if they're bipolar or has, you know, manic depressive, whatever, um, that we don't take the same, you know, uh, pity, not pity, but, you know, that we, it's it's just different how we approach it. And it's, it's an illness, you know, it's an illness. These people can't help it any more than somebody can help getting cancer, you know,
1: because it's the mind we it's a decision right and uh, you know why don't you just stop acting crazy and it just doesn't quite work that
0: yeah. way No, no you're you're totally right you know so the same thing in, in this film uh, how did you I mean Amber heard is is wonderful in this film how did you attract her to this project
1: um, well she connected with the script right away um, her and I I had written a TV pilot um of a show about a serial killer in Colombia, true story and she she had read that and was attached to that and even though that show never got made yet um i I, you know met her through the process and you know sort of realized like oh she this is a really interesting person she lived in mexico city she spoke fluent spanish she was an avid reader super intelligent like strong and fierce and um I was like, oh, this is this is Doctor Grace Burnham from in the fire. I'd already written the script at this point, point. and so I uh, shared the script with her. And fortunately, you know, for me, she uh, immediately connected with this character and uh, wanted to go make the movie.
0: That's great. It's great. How long did it take to make the movie, and how long from the time she I mean, became attached to it to? Start oh, from filming? then.
1: Okay, I was going to because I wrote I wrote the script. You know, five years before then. Um once she was attached, it probably took another year to get into production. About a year.
0: Oh that's and not then, too bad.
1: You know, another year to make and post it and another six months to release it. It's a long to be- I mean, people don't always realize it, but even you know any size movie takes a long, oh, long,
0: long time. I've I've talked to many filmmakers in my over seven years of doing this show, and you know some of the, some stories are like I'm shocked that they you know so they can do them very quickly, but that's a rarity. Most of them have taken years and years to uh, you know to get produced.
1: The good news is I. I I'm always heartened by you know stories of even if it did take a filmmaker ten years, twenty years, whatever. Yeah, a great story will always have value. It might not yeah. hit with the right people at the right time with the right talent attachments or whatever. But if the story it has merit, if you believe in it, if you can get one person to be excited about it, you just stick with it and hopefully get your movie and in. go
0: with it. Yeah. Well, you hear stories even Scorsese, you know who. Yeah. Totally. Is there anybody better A than silent, Scorsese? Silent yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean that you hear those stories. I mean these are like you know top tier directors
1: and. The stories, they embolden me, but they also make me like when I hear, you know, Brad Pitt took seven years to make Moneyball or Scorsese taking, I don't know, 20 years. 20, 20 years, years I don't know. yeah. Oh, man, I could be sitting on my next movie for a long time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, kudos to you that this didn't take that long. Uh, well, it seemed probably like a long time to you, but <laughs> yeah. are you working on anything else right now?
1: Yes, yes. I can't. I won't be able to reveal any. Any cool details, but um, do have my next film in the works, and um, uh, looking forward to working with some of my my same favorite people.
0: Okay, good. Do you, so you haven't started filming yet, but it's all written. Yes, it's written. Okay, so which direction? I mean, are you doing something as a as a director and a writer, and now you know, and also a producer? What kinds of projects? just set you on fire that you just are passionate about that get you very excited and excited about getting up uh, in the morning and doing what you do?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, Cause I do love, I love, I love, love what I do. Storytelling, whether it's um, making a movie that takes me 10 years or telling my kids a story. I'm a very animated storyteller with my kids and, you know, telling them a story before bed is the same sort of the same job. Can you, you're a court jester. Can you entertain, you know at some level um, and I, I love what I do and the stories that really get me going are the untold ones you know I'm, I'm way less interested in doing a you know third adaptation of the Ted Bundy story or something like right. that versus um, like that other Colombian serial killer thing with Amber Heard was a, a, a really fascinating true story that you know people in Colombia knew about but that I felt could be a worldwide story and that, you know, I'd, I'd rather explore a totally new world, you know, do some world building that people haven't quite seen before. That's, that's what gets me excited.
0: Very good. So what, so out of the three hats that you wear, director, writer, producer, which hat do you enjoy the most?
1: Oh, that's tough. Well, I can, I, we can net one out very easily. Producing is a uh, horrible, thankless job. <laughs> Everyone thinks the producers like, oh, they're the ones with all the money and they can do whatever they want. That is right. at least on the independent movie, so not true. You're you're the one holding the bag and taking all the risks and just generally being miserable. Um, directing is incredibly rewarding because it's uh, it's a short term thing. It's it, especially on set, You know, the onset part is. Fast and furious, and um, it's hard to even think about other things. Your life, your kids, your wife, whatever you know. Like it's, it's, it's it just sucks up your whole mind. And it's, and, and you get this thing at the end. You get a movie, um, but it's all also like living with an anxiety ball for six months or something. Mm-hmm. So it comes with some drawbacks, uh, but it's worth it. the The writing is probably the most just exclusively enjoyable experience for me for me i'm a writer first and all those other things second and uh while i'm a generally social person i have no problem sitting in a medium dark room with a cup of coffee and and just being in my own head on my computer you know with my stories i'm I'm not scared of an empty page um and just to sit down and just imagine and play you know for that to be a job that's that's a pretty cushy gig
0: that's wonderful wonderful what drew you to this industry and and who is a two part question what drew you to the industry and what um who do you admire most who is you feel in some way has guided your career and just um, how they are in their careers maybe
1: well i definitely was driven driven to the industry i would say my um my father is just a huge cinephile, just loves movies. Both my parents were, but my dad particularly. And he, you know, he would definitely go out of his way to, like, take me to the adult movie. He's, you know, even when I was probably too young, I remember going to see Braveheart before it was released. And I was, I don't know, I was like nine years old or something. And, you know, just, and just being just blown away. And just like, oh, I love everything about it. Mm, um mm-hmm and, I, and I, I've turned every uh, school homework project into a movie and would just made movies as a very young kid um, and as far as who I admire I mean this is a this seems like almost a ridiculous answer because everyone admires Steven Spielberg but um, I I really love how he as a director is fearless in tackling just any subject matter it's very quick you you're very quickly pigeonholed you know in the business of like oh okay you're the guy who does horror movies or you do christian movies or you do sports movies or whatever it is um and after writer or director you you kind of you fit the box right and um you know after jaws or something he could have just been like the horror thriller guy the super super successful one but but still, he could have just been that guy, and um, he went out of his way to, to just basically challenge himself with, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to make Hook with Robin Williams for kids, and I'm going to make, uh, you know, dinosaur, animated dinosaur movies like Lane Before Time, or as a producer, or I'm going to do, you know, just Park, I'm going to do any, anything he wanted, and just did it at the best level. So, uh, I, being someone who likes to tell new stories and not retread the same um, kind of stories like that's uh, that's what I love to
0: that's great that's great what was the most difficult part of filming in the fire
1: um, well usually I feel like movies that have kids or animals of which we had both in spades usually that would be the thing because um, mm-hmm. we had Horses and rabbits and all kinds. Of, you know, we love animals in the movie. Um, but the animals all were, they were good and well behaved. <laughs> no problems. And, our, and our, as our, as we started with, our child actor was the, might, might have been the best part of the movie. Um So no issues there. Um I guess just the ambition of the script being a period movie uh set in the, what I call like the, it's like a gaucho Western, because it's a Western, but mm-hmm. not the, eastwood wild west but like right. the you know south american wild west um to do all of that on an independent budget which independent you know fancy industry word for not a lot of money right um, <laughs> that was just really a challenge so every minute counted you know we shot right you know half the movie we shot in italy um you did ask at the beginning yeah yes you know, as where? You make this movie. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Italy. I'm Um, so sorry, Connor. Our time is running out, but I just want um, you to let people know where they can see in the fire.
1: Yes. Well, we come out, we're in uh, a handful of theaters starting uh, Friday, October 13th. And we're also uh, on demand wherever you want to get movies on demand. iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, all those places. So check it out.
0: Great, great. I wish you much success with the film, Connor. Thank you so much for being on the show. You have a great day. Thank you. You Bye-bye. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review, drop me an email at TheJamPri. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.